This is an ABC podcast. So, Norman, in the biz, this little bit of chat that we have before the theme music is called a cold open. And I think it's a very much uh, quite literal cold open today because you have been going for an ice bath. I did. I did. So this is not a COVID experiment. It was um, to see what all this fuss is about, about having ice baths and going in the cold. So I thought, you know, no point in standing on the sidelines. So I jumped in. Well, I didn't jump in. I stepped in. <laughs> you very slowly eased in inch by inch, I'm sure. That's right. And rapidly got a lump in my throat. But anyway, you can hear more about that on the Health Report podcast Ooh, next week. A seamless promo. But give us a spoiler. Do you feel, what What do they promise? Energised? Brainier? Thinner? Well, I thought everybody was going to go for all, you know, all the putated physical effects, like better immune system and so on and so forth. But actually, everybody that we spoke to was there for the psychological effects and, uh, you know, just feeling better for having done it, the challenge of having done it. It was very responsibly organised. You're only in for two minutes. Mind you, the longest two minutes of my life <laughs> so far. Look, I would get a psychological benefit just from having the bragging rights of saying that I had done it. So well done. Thank you. Well, let's do CoronaCast, a show all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor on Jagera and Turable Land. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan on Gadigal Land. It's Wednesday, February the 15th, 2023. And Norman, we've all spent large chunks of the last three years wearing masks to protect us from the novel, not-so-novel coronavirus. And... Then last week, there was a Cochrane review, which we'll get into in a second as to what that actually is. But like in lay terms, like it's a big deal in research saying that masks don't really work against respiratory illnesses. They weren't just looking at COVID. They were also looking at things like influenza. What gives? Cochrane Review is uh, the Cochrane Collaboration is a collaboration of researchers around the world who are largely epidemiologists or clinical epidemiologists or statisticians. And what they're trying to do is even out the research findings in various areas and bring it together and work out what the sum total of the research is. I'll give you a quick example, aspirin for, after a heart attack. If they'd done a review of all the evidence of aspirin after heart attacks, there would have been aspirin introduced about 25 years before, in fact, it was the saving of thousands of lives. So this is what a Cochrane review is. And what they've done is brought together the available evidence on masks. Now, they didn't quite say that definitively, despite what some newspaper groups reported. They basically said the evidence isn't that great. The quality of the research isn't that great. There's bias in there. But from what they looked at, they couldn't see an effect to any great extent. So if these are the gold standard for evidence in most contexts, why are we still having... So the response to this, this research came out a couple of days ago, about a week ago, and since then there's been a lot of experts going, no, no, hang on a second, don't chuck out your mask. We're basically saying the same thing. Where's the gap here? Well, the problem with any Cochrane review is, is it's only as good as the evidence that you put in. So if the evidence isn't as good as it should be, the summary may not mean very much. And they have that qualification, by the way, in this Cochrane review, which some people have ignored. The problem with the Cochrane review is that it's not apples with apples. They're not necessarily well-controlled studies. The compliance with the masks is not necessarily as good as it should be and the different kinds of masks, surgical and N95, in different situations. And when you have had apples with apples, the masks have shown some benefit. 
And there is a clear benefit when you actually wear these masks properly. What they show in the lab is that they do stop transmission of infection, which is very different, to be fair to the Cochrane Review, from saying that when you implement this on a mass scale, does it make any difference? There's also circumstantial evidence, which is not from randomised trials. I think it was in 2020, but it could have been in 2021 in Victoria, when they instituted the wearing of masks compulsorily in Victoria, they did see a dip downwards in the transmission of infection. So there was a measurable response to that. So don't throw out your masks just yet. So just to clarify, the research that they looked at in the Cochrane Review wasn't very reliable. So they said that it's mixed, but there was other research that shows that they are good. Like if the evidence is flawed, then how do you know whether it's right in either direction? Exactly. It's just that the comment is that the research in terms of randomised controlled trials is not as good as it could be. And I don't think anybody in this area thinks that um, there's fabulous research, but well con- there, there are some well-conducted studies which show that masks do benefit. But equally, you know, you, what you want when you're looking at these randomised trials is to bring them all together and give them a result. The trouble is if you're bringing together mixed evidence, it's flu, it's COVID, it's N95, it's surgical masks, they try to deal with that. It's just very hard to come to a reasonable summary. It's, kind of, it's not an entirely moot point at the moment, but it's a lot less relevant than it was a few months ago. At the moment, there's not really many places where masks are mandated in Australia anymore, but that's not to say that they won't be coming back, especially as we head into winter might not be COVID season because you've said a lot of times that COVID might not be seasonal yet, but certainly is flu season. Yeah. So I think for coronacasters listening to this, if you want to protect yourself and you need to protect yourself, then a well-fitting N95 mask is the best way to do that, particularly in indoor settings and to avoid stuffy indoor settings with lots of people where it's clearly not well ventilated. And if you've got symptoms, you shouldn't be going out anyway, much less thinking that you could just wear a mask and solve that problem. So I think at the moment, it's about you making a decision for yourself about protection and make the assumption based on research by several groups is that well-fitting N95 mask does actually reduce the chances of you catching infection. And if you're asymptomatic, spreading it to others. So don't throw out your masks yet. Uh, Even though you might not be using them very much at the moment, they're definitely going to be a feature of our future. And now zooming right in to like microscopic level zooming in, there was another big piece of news this week from Sydney uh, scientists about a receptor at the microscopic level that might block COVID infection altogether. So this research from the University of Sydney is really interesting and it builds on research over the last couple of years, which means that it's actually the results are stronger because they're confirming work in other labs as well as advancing knowledge here. So this is a receptor, which is a protein, a lock and key mechanism on the surface of cells called fibroblasts. And these fibroblasts are involved in the inflammation response of the immune system and also produce collagen, the connective tissue that holds our bodies together. And what they find is that people with this particular receptor called LRRC15 seem to get less severe disease, may be protected against infection in the first place. And what it does, it seems to hug the coronavirus and stop it infecting lung cells. And you know, the talk has been, well, what, we could maybe develop a drug that mimics this response. Just a little bit of a caveat on developing a drug for this. This receptor does other things which are not fully understood. It's involved in the immune system. 
it's involved in producing collagen and may actually be a good treatment for some diseases which cause scarring in the lungs and could prevent that. But it's also involved in cancers, rare cancers, like cancers of the soft tissue, sarcomas, and brain cancers, glioblastoma. And they're going to have to really sort out what its role is there uh, when they develop drugs, just in case it's not a great role, but it actually might be a protective role. So there's lots of interesting things there. It's a really exciting pathway to uncover, even though it doesn't look like it will lead to COVID drugs in the short term, which is what sort of people want to hear when they first hear headlines like this. But it really underscores, for me at least, the importance of fundamental research for science, because it's discoveries like this now that lead to really big breakthroughs down the track. Yeah, and work done at the University of Western Australia many years ago suggested that for any infection that humans get, there's going to be a group of people who are resistant to that infection for different reasons. So there's a gene that some people carry that confers on them resistance to HIV. And this may well be the the genetic profile that explains why some people haven't caught COVID-19 yet, or when they've caught it, they've never got severe disease. So there's a group of people going around, if all this is right, with this LRRC15 gene, which might be protective and explains a lot as well. And if we can hijack that, then we might be able to help protect other people as well. Exactly. So speaking of protection, let's talk vaccines. We talked last week about the fact that fifth doses are now on offer for people who are six months out from their last encounter with COVID, whether it was via an infection or a vaccine. Lots and lots of questions from people, Norman. Most people really asking about how to time it. So should we get a booster now or should we get a booster in winter is, is sort of a theme that's coming through in a lot of the questions. Okay. This is not a seasonal virus, so the next surge could come any time. So if you qualify for a booster, you should get it as soon as you can. And that's six months after your, as you say, the, the last time you were infected or um, vaccine, whichever is the soonest. Now, the Atagi announcement was actually about boosters more than the fifth dose because five million Australians haven't had the third dose. So if you've not had the third dose and you've had not had the infection or the vaccine within six months, get your third dose now. And the same for the fourth dose. Now, the restriction on the fourth dose to over 30s disappears because this advice is for everybody over 18. So this is really, I think Atagi's thinking of this as your 2023 shot, third, fourth, or indeed fifth dose, and the fifth dose is available from the 20th of February. Ideally, you get the 4-5 bivalent booster. That's only available from Pfizer at the moment, although Moderna is still in the system, at least as we speak and record this coronacast. Probably because we're recording this coronacast, the TGA will announce it just to annoy us um, <laughs> overnight. But uh, Moderna 4-5 is still uh, being considered for provisional registration. But if you can't get that, the BA1 is fine, or even the original vaccine is fine. The, the boost you get from the bivalent is not as much difference to make it worth waiting for if you need it now. And remember, if you have had myocarditis and the Pfizer vaccine is contraindicated, you can always ask for the Novavax vaccine. It's not approved for boosters, but GPs are allowed to give it when you ask for it. So if you do for it, go get it. Yep. Uh, don't wait. If you can get your hands on a more up-to-date version of it, so the 4.5, BA.4.5 or the BA.1, get it, but don't hold out. And if you've had side effects from mRNA vaccines in the past and you're not sure about that, then talk to your doctor about getting a different type, perhaps Novavax. Well, I think that kind of covers off most of the questions, Norman. You said it much more briefly than I did. Well done. (laughs) All right. Well, let's leave it there and we'll be back again next Wednesday. See you then. 